The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, well, well. If they didn't let me back another day, you know what? Stuck with me now. I think we're going to make it all the way through today and then maybe tomorrow. You know, and then maybe even next week. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there may be a couple of days next week, too. I'll throw in there for you. Just as a bonus. Speaking of bonuses, you know, before I left this show yesterday, talked a little bit about bonuses. This is all tied into the tax news, and we'll get to some of this coming up here in a little bit. But boy, oh boy, big fat bonus checks and presents sitting right underneath the tree. For a lot of folks, this looks good. What does it mean for you? We'll kind of like, uh, you know, uh, we kind of dig into this. A good friend of mine, Mark Oberlin, will join us coming up in a little bit. He's a money guy. You know, I, 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 I look, I, I understand how to spend money. You know, not as much the investment part of it <laughs> like Mark does, but, uh, you know, that's why it's good to have people like this around, so you can uh, you can kind of like dig into it with it, pick their brains, talk about this. Though, so how will the taxes affect us? You know, when it comes to this uh, this new tax plan about to be signed in, Justin Barkley in for Pat Gray today on, uh, of course, on uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. It's always a pleasure. It's a privilege. It's an honor to be here every time I'm asked to to come in and uh, and and hang out with you guys. I really appreciate this. A lot of folks again yesterday on Twitter at Mr. Justin Barclay if you want to talk to me there. Come on over and stalk me. Say hi. I appreciate that. You can uh, get to me uh, my email too. Uh Justin at Justin Barclay, B A R C L A Y dot com. Some breaking news, by the way. Did this just flashed up, right? Out of Cuba, I should give out the phone number too, shouldn't I? Yeah, I don't do this for a living. So anyway, every now and then you're going to get a few here and there, right? Mistakes. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393 if you want to join the show today. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I just saw this on the Drudge Report flashed across, and we'll dig into this a little bit later, but Raul Castro stepping down as Cuba's president in April 2018. Cuba. And, uh, you know, Fidel's still like a god there. It's kind of interesting to uh, to see this, what happens surrounding that. I think the guy's like 86 years old. So, you know, he's getting up there. The brother, of course, of Fidel. Uh, say hi, by the way, to all the folks hanging out in the, uh, in the Facebook group, Pat Cray Unleashed. Let's dig through some of the uh, some of the stuff here, though. Just you know, just in the last what? It's been less than twenty four hours. It's been less than twenty four hours. We saw AT and T before I left the show yesterday. AT and T announced that they would be giving away one billion dollars. And now it sounds crazy, not giving it away, but they will be. Investing it into, of course, the United States economy, and, and, and we're talking infrastructure, 
probably technology upgrades, things that need to be done there on the uh, infrastructure side of things, right? $1 billion, decent amount of money. They're bringing it back in, and I think a lot of that has to do with the repatriation. Well, what the heck is that anyway? That's all this money that's been stuck overseas, right? Because the tax, you know, the tax code over there was, they paid less in taxes, some some of these corporations, the big corporations. A lot of tech folks over there. A lot of uh, big, I think Apple's got some stuff over there. I think Ireland. So they're going to bring a lot of this back over here and infuse it back into the market. They're going to be spending money. Maybe investing in the actual infrastructure itself. That might be investing. You're going to have to hire people to build this stuff. I know. There's a lot of this, and these announcements were made, what, yesterday, right before I left here, right before I got off the air, I don't know, maybe it was around, it was around like 2.30ish, 2.45, right before I left. I saw this and I couldn't believe it. It's big. And mark my words, as I said yesterday, mark my words. This is just the beginning. And we've had uh, several companies follow suit, do some similar things. We'll talk about those and what what that means. And what do we expect as far as, like, what else will be coming? You know, what else do we have to look forward to down the road here? Because there's quite a bit between now and, well, let's say February, where this thing starts to really take effect. That's when this stuff is going to really start to hit. Most folks... In their pocketbook, like actually in their wallet. And, of course, they're celebrating on Capitol Hill, just watching a couple of speeches given there uh, at the Capitol. And, and the president hasn't signed this into law yet, but it hey, it happens. There's some question on the time of this thing. I know that right now they got to shift gears and get this. Uh, they got to get this. Uh, go we're Keeping the government open. Got to get this, this spending stuff signed and done, figured out. Not signed, but extended, right? Then I got to get that figured out. So something tells me they'll wait to do the signing of all this uh, tax stuff until until after they get that done, just so that they don't, uh, you know, they can go on on a high note. They can celebrate, right? Go on on a high note, go right on into the holiday, and give people something to talk about. But that AT&T, again, spending all that money, and then there's like 200,000 of their employees that are going to get, they're set to get like $1,000 in bonuses. Some of them could get it as early as Christmas. Some may have to wait until after the new year. But American companies announcing employee bonuses, new investment, and they all are crediting the president and, of course, the tax plan. This is from the uh, the Blaze, by the way, theblaze.com. It's amazing to see, though, if you kind of juxtapose those two things with what the uh, the, the folks on the left, the Democrats, were, were yelling about, and, of course, the protesters in the Senate that day where they just yelling and screaming top of their lungs, don't kill us, kill the bill. Don't kill us, kill the bill. I still haven't seen anybody die yet. I was waiting to walk out of, uh, out of the house today, get in the car, drive down the road, and just see dead bodies everywhere. 
<laughs> isn't that it's kind of getting old. It's like it's revealed now. That's their go to. People are going to die. Republicans ultimately just want to kill people, apparently, according to Democrats. It's just old. It's old. It's tired. And they, they're they going to have to come up with some new stuff. I mean, they have to, right? They're going to have to just come up with some new stuff. So once the tax reform is actually signed into law, AT&T plans to invest, they say, that additional billion dollars a uh, $1,000 bonus to more than 200,000 AT&T U.S. employees, um, all union-represented non-management and frontline managers. That came from a statement that came out of uh, AT&T. Who else has jumped on board? I'm glad you asked. We'll go through a list of these coming up next and why we're already starting to see the results of getting it done. Plus, I want to talk to you coming up. I want to find out, like, how do you grade this administration first year? Year one is kind of is in the books almost. We're wrapping this thing up. What do you give these folks? A, B, C, D, F. What do you say, President? I mean, because you remember how they said that not only that people were going to die, but this tax thing was just so, oh, it's just it's just so uh, unpopular. I just don't know if. You know, the American people now that I even saw a headline on Fox of all places earlier this morning said, now the president's really got to go out and sell this to the American people. Let me tell you something. They'll be sold come February 1st when they've got more money in their pocketbook. That's how it works. More on this. Plus, my good friend Mark Oberlin joins us next. We're talking taxes and more. Anything you want to talk about, you can join us as well. 888-900-3393. It's Barkley in for Pat Gray today on The Blaze. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. Taxes yesterday. Here's Trump. We have some wonderful uh, prototypes that have been put up, and uh, I may be going there very shortly to look at them in their final form. And we'll be building the wall, and we'll be doing lots of other things. Uh, We will, very importantly, uh, be funding and closing the loopholes that undermine our enforcement, and we will get rid of chain migration and the visa lottery program. We have a lottery program where we take in a lottery people from other countries. In some places, we are bringing in some very bad, bad people. It's on immigration. We're restoring immigration enforcement at levels that our country has never seen before and taking the fight to the criminal gangs like MS-13, where we're decimating those animals. We ought to take the fight to MSNBC as well. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) MS-13. He talks about makes bets with it. Bad is started calling MSNBC, MSNBC, MS thirteen NBC. Does <laughs> it does sound like a radio or a TV station, doesn't it? And the victory lap hasn't been done in thirty four years, but actually, really hasn't been done because we broke every record. Excited about taxes. Mark Oberlin joins us right now. Tax reform. Uh, Mark Oberlin, the Oberlin Group, Wealth Advisors, Raymond James and Associates. And thanks for joining us today, Mark. We really appreciate you being on to talk a little bit about what's happening with taxes. 
Hey, uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, too. Boy, this is a Christmas present right under the tree for a lot of folks. I said yesterday, I didn't get done with that air shift that I did on uh, on Glenn Beck's Blaze Network yesterday, and I saw the AT&T announcement come down. I said, listen, folks, just wait. There's more coming. This is going to be big. There's this whole idea that they have to go out and sell this thing. Mark, what do you see coming, and what are, why are companies like AT&T making this big announcement that they're going to invest, uh, what, what, what was it, $1 billion into the United States, and of course, 200,000 of their employees are going to get a $1,000 bonus. Now, that's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, uh, to be sure, these are these are optics driven by public relations announcements. Sure. They were tied in waiting for the tax bill to be passed. Mm-hmm. So let's not look beyond the obvious, but it is going to be the tip of the iceberg. These uh, corporations that are paying, you know, trillions of taxes every year, they're going to get a substantial reduction. And, and the, the myth is they're just going to sit on the cash. They're going to hoard it. They're mean, evil corporations, and this is all in their favor. If you listen to half these folks on MSNBC, CNN, and some of the other uh, mainstream folks, they're they're running around telling people that if this thing passed, people are going to die. And I'm still waiting, Mark, to see people (laughs) dropping on the streets. I haven't seen that yet. And and yeah, the the other thing is it's going to lead to massive investments in many different areas: Mm -hmm. people, plants, equipment jobs. It's also going to increase dividends to shareholders, as well as buybacks and mergers. So there's going to be a lot of different people affected. Mm -hmm. But if you're just a line worker at GM or AT&T, you're going to see a lot more money available for benefits and salaries. And that's the one thing that's really been missing this last 10, 20 years. Wages have been stagnant, even though inflation's been rising. So the middle class and, and, and frankly, the working poor have been getting squeezed badly. There's no such thing as trickle-down economics, though, Mark Oberlin. Not, I, not at all. No, again, <laughs> this, this money is going somewhere right now. It's just going into government coffers. Yeah. And we all know how efficiently the government spends our money. This is just a way to direct it to people and companies that can put it to better use. Hmm. So the big bonanza is going to come next year. This is where all these trillion dollars of offshore profits are going to come screaming back to the U.S. to be put into plant equipment. And these are just down payments to AT&T, Verizon, Wells Fargo. They're all raising their wages, not just because they have to. They, They also have the money to do it now. And they wanted, is there a feeling that they wanted to do this all along, but they just weren't, they couldn't because they didn't know what the landscape was going to look like? You're in a place where you have a business, whether it be a small business or a big company, you don't know what uh, your expenses are going to be, taxes, uh, health care, and all that. I mean, you can't hire people. You can't compensate the people that you've got uh, adequately. And so, therefore, you got a lot of people that are upset, that are, that, are not, that are not happy working for you, if they're even working at all. And then, you know, you can't hang on to them. Well, again, there's going to be some winners and losers of this tax bill, so we don't want to be, you know, ignorant to that uh, fact. But the the mass vast majority of workers will benefit from this. Some of the folks that live in high tax states, uh, New York, California, Illinois, mm-hmm. they will probably pay a little bit more in tax because their deductions won't be as large. But yeah. the country in general will benefit from a rising level of economic growth from lower tax rates in general. And just more expansion. This is going to go right into the economy. And we're at a three to three and a half pace right now for GDP. We could be at 4% a year from now. These are numbers that 
nearly every economist thought impossible, mm-hmm. but it's happening. It's interesting you mentioned those high-tax state. I saw an article, uh, I think Drudge posted this, it was from, uh, from Zero Hedge. Illinois lost one resident every 4.3 minutes in 2017. There's a lot of reasons for that, but taxes has got to be a big part of that, right? I mean, they're big government state. Um, does this just uh, ratchet up that heat on some of these higher tax states? What does that end up doing in the long run? It, it will probably exacerbate that problem because the, the states still have the same budget issues. Mm-hmm. They just have fewer taxpayers available to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And so this change in the tax code could either make the states become more fiscally responsible, not likely, Mm -hmm. or people will just leave. The prosperous ones will leave, and and that's an unfortunate outcome. People do react to tax incentives. All this rhetoric about static analysis is foolhardy because people will move with their feet. And now that there's jobs aplenty and the real estate market's back in a strong way, they can sell their house and they can move their family. And, And they will do that, and they are doing it. Who is John Gold? It reminds me. <laughs> People are leaving. Yeah, uh, yeah, no kidding. And uh, moving to states like what? Texas, which is on fire, you know, and, and, and no state income tax there. Um, I mean, Arizona. Arizona. Florida. Yeah. Well, Florida has no state tax. So a lot of retirees go there anyway. But there's a lot of states like Nevada that are drawing people from California. Oregon, Washington, Arizona's drawing them from California. So people are migrating to warm spots, but frankly, it's more economically driven than anything. Okay, so seeing all this happening, um, let's just look at it from, I guess, uh, an investment perspective here. And what do I need to know as far as, because the market just seems to keep getting hotter and hotter. Uh, you know, there are folks that are running around uh, like chicken little uh, warning, hey, this can't go on forever, but maybe it can go on a little bit longer. What are things that we need to keep in mind, Mark? Well, you know, bull markets don't die of old age. So this one's been a long one. We're nine years into an expansion mm-hmm. and there's no reason we can't be 10, 11, 12. It's, it's just it's possible because things have changed. We now have an optimism we haven't seen in many years. Mm-hmm. We have business and consumer optimism at all time levels, and we've got this new tax code that could be accelerating the growth. Yeah. So we don't want to necessarily say it's going to cause the stock market to go up, but the conditions are right mm. for company earnings to increase, and that's what drives prices higher. Mm-hmm. The international markets are also very attractive because it's happening globally. This is not just a U.S. phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, countries around the world are getting their financial house in order after having a very rough go of it the last seven, eight years. So now we've got everybody in the world prospering. That will help feed our recovery. So mm-hmm. it's just everybody wins. The rising tide lifts all boats. I don't want to be too celebratory today but i I do want to kind of look down the road what would it take to uh god forbid knock the wind out of some of this is there is there a scenario you know as is that a war with north korea kind of thing i mean what 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 should be should be watching for you know it's these black swan events as we call them that are coming out of the blue and you can maybe try to handicap how it'll affect the market but it's really hard to hard to do that mm-hmm. it could be bitcoin exploding yeah it could be uh, an assassination overseas it could be the north korea thing these are the obvious 
types of things that we worry about. But but frankly, the markets don't really follow those long term. Mm-hmm. They follow corporate earnings. And if earnings are rising, stocks tend to rise. If earnings are falling, stocks tend to fall. So everybody's trying to predict the next recession. You know, uh, the, the latest economists are predicting seven out of the last three recessions. They're not very good predictors of this stuff. Neither are corporate financial officers. It's all about the people, the spending. And so if people have more money in the pocket, they're going to spend it. Well, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and Happy New Year, because that looks like that's what's going to be happening. Uh, More money in the pockets for a lot of folks with wallets. Uh, Just with this tax break that they say should take effect, what, in February? We're continuing to follow this. This all gets done uh, and, and wrapped up with a big bow underneath it. I know they move into the government shutdown talk, uh, which will be happening here uh, the next day or two. Uh, Mark, how does that affect things? Uh, but again, that could be one of those black swan events where we all kind of feel that Congress will get something passed. They'll band-aid this thing and push it into the next tax year when they get back from vacation. But what if they don't? You know, what if we end up shutting down non-essential government functions like parks and, you know, things, things that happened a few years ago. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. They all, all the Social Security checks get mailed and all the other things that retirees plan on. It's just the uh, non-essential stuff that is really can, can go without, you know, working for a couple of weeks. So I, I think they're going to get it passed. They all want to go to their districts and be, you know, with their families for Christmas. So is it a real fix? No, it'll be pushed into the next year for budget talks. What do you give? Well, what if there's more money, though, available through tax revenues? That's what's going to happen with this yeah. tax bill. It's going to create more prosperity, more tax revenue. So mm-hmm. that's partially why I think they're waiting a little bit to see how that affects it. Yeah, because that will play a – it's interesting how that works. It's so anti um, – well, it's anti-establishment of how they, they, they've been preaching over the last decade or so, but – it's funny how that works. When you free this money up, money has this weird way of just kind of circulating and making its way around, and y- you can cut taxes and actually increase revenue at the same time. It's incredible. Well, this this repatriation of trillions of dollars, uh, that's money that is never going to come back to our shore. It's mm-hmm. stranded overseas. Yeah. But they established a 15% one-time tax on up to $3 trillion. Yeah. So do the math. That's what forty-five, uh, four hundred fifty billion dollars of tax money. Mm. Um, that's enough mm. to pay for all the infrastructure projects for ten years. I so did. that's where this money is going to come from. It's just mm-hmm. got to do the cart before the horse. So that's what they're going to be picking up in January is infrastructure spending. That this so sounds this like is new money for these new projects. And it sounds like that's what they're counting on. Uh, Mark Overland, one last question. Now they're talking about even some of these mainstream media outlets having to kind of admit that, hey, this uh, this year, this first year was a success uh, for this administration, even though it's a lot of it is a blur. So you go look back and think that that happened this year. It feels like it was a decade ago. But what grade do you give the administration here in the first year? Well, for, for communication, probably a C minus. Mm-hmm. Um, but for things getting done, I'd say B plus to an A. I mean, President Trump has his issues, and, and he's certainly unique. You can't take that away from him. <laughs> but it's all at the end of the day, it's how the job gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not like him personally. You may not like his party. You may not like his politics, but do you like his policies? 
And I think that is what you get graded on at the end of the day. Did you get anything done, and did America benefit from it? So we can have this political discussion, and it'll be no hate mail, please, folks. I <laughs> I, I look at success, and yeah. it's, it's, we're seeing some success here. So give credit where credit is due. Yeah, judge a tree by its fruit. Well, there we go. Mark Overland. Thank you so much for being with us, man. We appreciate you. Merry Christmas to you. God bless and a Happy New Year. Coming up, I want to know, how do you grade the president and this administration in the first year? I'm going to go to the phones, 888 That's 1-888-900-3393. Chiming in, talking to you next. I'm at Mr. Justin Barkley on Twitter. We're back right after this. In for Pat, Unleashed, this is The Blaze. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Justin Barkley in for uh, Pat today, The Blaze, 1-888-900-3393. Want to hear from you. I'm just curious. This tax thing is ending on a high note. There are big things that are happening. It's amazing what happens. When we can actually get things done... You you got the you got the Congress, you got the White House, you can actually get things done. The American people, the will of the people being done right now. What do you give this president and the administration? I want to know. Grade them for the first year. Some of the news stories coming out where where we just talked about this, but you know, gosh, uh, they're having to admit, you know, it's kind of a kind of success that first year. Some of these American companies, by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll go through some more of them. We've got even more that have made announcements. There's going to be more. But what do you give this first year? A, B, C, D, 888 3393 AT&T, $1,000 $1, special bonus to more than 200,000 U.S. employees, plus the $1 billion uh, that they're going to spend and invest into the uh, country here. Fifth Third says, that's a bank, Fifth Third Bank, based out, I think it's, I think that's Cincinnati area, in Ohio there. Finance company followed in AT&T's footsteps and said it would give all of its 13,500 employees a $1,000 bonus while raising their hourly wage to $15. I, I don't even think I got home. And left from the uh, from the studio here to find that 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 had come out yesterday, right after we had heard from uh, from AT and T. Wells Fargo comes out and says that they would also raise uh, uh, raise employee wages to fifteen dollars an hour, and donate four hundred uh, four hundred million dollars for philanthropic causes. So there's a lot of money going into the marketplace. Comcast announced it would donate fifty billion dollars over the next five years. So you can hear that again. Comcast says they will donate $50 billion. $50 billion over the next five years. Right? Average of 10 a year. 
in infrastructure spending and pay a bonus of $1,000 to more than 100,000 eligible frontline non-executive employees. All this talk that the tax plan wasn't doing anything for the, the for the little guy. You're kidding me. Boeing comes out here and says that they're going to donate $300 million into its employee-related and charitable investment. <clears throat> and again, the people dead on the streets I have yet to see. By the way, I did see some good stuff on Twitter. If you want to f- follow me there and uh, just say, hey, at Mr. Justin Barkley. Frank and PA says, no one can hear you. We've all been killed by a tax cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, Frank. I uh, We're all, I just, bodies everywhere. Bodies everywhere. EJM says, yeah, I was driving to, to and from work yesterday and into work today, and I saw dozens and dozens of dead bodies stacked up everywhere. The carnage is true. Yeah, it's not fake news, right? It's real. Uh, so how can you, I mean, if you look at this, how can you, how can you deny it? The truth, it's already starting to work. Wait till February. All the money that's going to be on the marketplace in February, this extra cash that people are going to spend. And you know, I think like the holidays, I, I get this sense, this is not real numbers. I can't give you real numbers. But I get this sense that, uh, hang on, I'm, I'm taking my sweater off. I'm like Mr. Rogers in here. I, I should have taken this thing off before I got in here. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it. In your neighborhood. That's right. It's like hotter than blue blazes in this studio. I know what happened. It wasn't like this yesterday. I'm going to have to crack a window or something if I can get one open. But, man, yeah, it's hot in here, man. I, I got to come in here and and, uh, and, and, and you know change my... My sweater, change my shoes, start talking to the the, uh, the wall, feed my fish, fire up the trolley, and take it to the land of uh, Maple Leaf. That's where the Democrats live. <laughs> Look, I, I, I just, I, I, you know, at some point you have, you know, I think that people just kind of get, and I, I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I know a lot of this is talk, and I feel like maybe I'm a little more optimistic because I know where this is going to go. I I see it, and I I, I get I get the sentiment. You, you're probably thinking to yourself, "Yeah, I believe it when I see it." When all this stuff starts falling into place, because you've been told for years, you've been told. People, my my wife asked me yesterday. We we're talking about this, but they, you know, well, they said that all these people are going <laughs> to they're going to die and. <laughs> No, but she did say, well, so what is this tax thing? What does this really mean? You know, I said, it's good. People are going to have money back in their paychecks. I said, you and I both will have more money in our paychecks coming back in, in February. It's good. It's good for all of us. Will, will we really? My wife, cynical. Will, really? They say that. Are they just saying that or is it true? I think that people feel that way. I think people really feel that way because they've been lied to for so long by to polit- by top, the politicians about all kinds of stuff. Hold on. Are we really going to have more money? Is this real? Is this? Come on. Take it to the bank. It's already happening. Already happening. Fox News, like I said earlier, uh, they had this headline about Trump having to sell this to the American people or 
people people having to you know we got to make sure that we're able to yeah i got to get out here and sell this and how great it is people are going to know when they start getting this money in their paycheck and they see they got a little bit more i don't care how much it is just a little bit more here and there a little bit here a little bit there they're going to know So how do you grade? I'm just curious. How do you grade this administration? You know, A, B, C, D, F, whatever. I don't care. It's not me. I don't give it. Give it whatever you want to say. Be honest. I don't, you know, look. Maybe they don't get an A. Maybe they do. Maybe you think it's been an absolute complete waste and, and, uh, and uh, the, whole, the whole year has been a complete debacle. It's fine. Where do you put this? Matt, big country over in Facebook, by the way, posted this question in the uh, in the uh, Pat Gray Unleashed Facebook group. He says, C plus, you know, while I thoroughly appreciate the cuts to personal and corporate income rates, we had a great opportunity to simplify the entire tax code and filing process. And the fact that we need to employ millions of people just to figure out what we need to pay is not really a win in my book. I totally get that. Matter of fact, I said that earlier today on my show. You know, Matt, I had a guy call in today. This was, this was, this, you know, very similar, almost the same he said almost the same thing. He had a question about the. I think he had a question about within this bill, do the rates go up at some point? Are these temporary cuts? What? How does that work? How does it look? And when, when does this? When do they actually go up? What does that look like? And I said, you know, I I I, I get it. I feel they missed an opportunity to make this thing a lot a lot simpler. If it were me. Like you, I'd like to see like an across-the-board cut. Everyone uh, pays the same sort of flat tax on everything. I, that's, that's the way I want to see it. We got an opportunity, and they were talking about this, to, to make filing your taxes so simple. It's almost as easy as what? Just filling out a postcard? I remember Newt Gingrich was running around talking about that. And he was right. There was a lot of brilliance to that conversation. So all you have to do is go on all these TV shows and pull out that postcard every time you go out, and American people are going to love it. So I get this. I mean, why do we have all these people trying to figure out this thing and that loophole and this? And it's not really a loophole, but you know what I mean. We, I, I get this deduction. I get that, that one. How much do I get for this? I mean, you're talking about if you did that postcard thing, you'd put accountants out of business. A lot of these folks that do the standard kind of, you know, the tax preparation, all that stuff. I mean, that's that's a done deal. So there's maybe too much special interest there. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't tell you why we don't have this simple. The only the only thing I can tell you about this, it's just like that vote that took place yesterday. It's just like what we were talking about when I talked about this yesterday. It's just confusing enough to make people go, ah, the heck with it. It's just confusing enough to turn people away so that they don't pay close attention. So I'm with you. I would like to see a little bit more. I would like to see a little bit uh, deeper. And I look. I'm happy. 
I'm glad that we have we haven't listened. I'm thankful. I, I gotta say, at least we have this. But at the end of the day, I'd like to see it go a little bit more. So Mark says C plus. How would you grade the administration? Triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Mark says, hard for me to grade when I started out with a zero expectations, but I'll say if the next election was today, I would vote for him this time again. Well, yeah, and I think it also depends, too, on who's running against the guy. I mean, let's be honest, right? Mike in North Carolina on the phone lines. Mike, how are you? Welcome to uh, the show. Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, Hey, um, you're doing a great job, by the way. Um, I got into a huge uh, argument with um, my brother-in-law about the net neutrality thing. And here in AT&T and now Comcast, the whole argument was from the left, well, they're just going to pocket the money. They're not going to invest in the infrastructure. And now they're saying they are. I mean, of course, I'd like to see it happen, but that was their whole argument. And now they are. I mean, it's amazing. Well, um, so, so what's your take on that? You know, Mike, if you bring up a very good point. The the if you look at uh, the left's argument, corporations bad. It's almost like that guy. What was on South Park? What is that teacher? Corporations bad. Okay. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> Mr. Garrison. Mr. Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very simple argument, you know. And that's yep. that's it. Corporations bad. Okay. And I'm like, no. There's nothing else to it. It's just that they're bad. Well, hey, you I, know, I'll tell it to you like this. I've never been employed by a poor guy. Somebody's got to be able to, to, to make that money. I mean, somebody's got to have the money to get. Where does money come from? I think these folks think the money comes from the government. You know, mm-hmm. bottom line is somebody said this before I came on the air, too. They were talking about uh, this this tax situation. and they, they, Now the Democrats are running around calling this a theft. And the folks on the left are saying that the... Republicans are stealing this money and giving it to corporations. That's not true. What's happening is because they believe that that money belongs to the government. That's the complete difference is that they believe that your money belongs to the government. It's the government's money and they they give it back to you. The truth is we are demanding that we keep more of this money and we should. Well, Ben Shapiro filling in for Glenn Beck. I mean, that was amazing what he said. I mean, it's our money. I mean, I used to be a liberal. Thank God, Glenn Beck, uh, ugh, Glenn Beck pulled me out of it. But it's truth. It's truth. <laughs> Mike, I appreciate your phone call. Thanks for calling in, man. There's a there's a lot of people that are like you that are out there trying to figure it out too. You know, trying to figure it out. And I think we get to a place. You get to a point. You know, I, I, listen, liberalism is appealing in a lot of ways. Uh, it's that progressivism, that liberalism. Uh, they're two different animals, but like it's appealing that you know you would think emotionally, not think, but you would feel right emotionally, and you're just very compassionate about things. The idea that conservatives can't be compassionate is crazy, though. And so, instead of thinking things through and being logical about it, a lot of times, folks on the left they're just making decisions based out of the feels. And really what they're doing is they're manipulating people based on that. Because I don't think these actual people that are running things in Washington, the folks on the left, I don't think they really believe most of the stuff they're talking about or saying. At the end of the day, what it comes down for them is power. Comes down to one thing, and that's power. What do you do to keep the power? you got to control the money. 
and you're not capable of making your own decisions, you're not capable of taking care of yourself, you're not capable of living your own life, that's why you got to have government to do it, and we're here to help. Quick break. Back after this with 888-900-3393. You can join the conversation. We'll go to Dave next. 888 What do you give the administration first year in office? How did they do? A through F. You can score with passing, flunking. You tell me. Right after this, we'll be back right with you. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray Unleashed. 888-900-3393 is the number to dial in. 888-900-3393. Love to hear from you. It's Barclay in for Pack Ray Unleashed on the Blaze. Want to know what you give the grade of this administration moving forward? I mean, they got what? They got a year almost under the belt. Got the taxes done. Is that enough? Would you have liked to see more? What should be done? I did hear Ben talking earlier uh, about how he wished the president would uh, eh, just not tweet so much. There's a lot of people. By the way, I'm not just talking folks on the left, but there's a lot of people, reasonable, well-meaning individuals, who believe that he should, you know, maybe get off the old Twitters. Yeah, I, I, well, I'll give you my take on this coming up here in a little bit. I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that because I think there is something to be said for that Twitter. Dave in Arkansas, welcome to the program. Appreciate you being on with us today. How are you, Dave? I'm great. Hey, um, I'm going to give the administration, the people that he put in place, like Nikki Harmer or uh, uh, Nikki in the uh, UN and the Supreme Court, a B, B minus. And mm. the Congress, I'm giving them a D as in dud. They have an opportunity here you don't get in 50 years and they have blown it to smithereens they could have said you know what we're in charge shut up sit down we're taking your tactics because this is what you told us this is what the american people asked us to do this is what we've been telling them we're going to do and instead they're rolling over like a little puppy and peeing on their belly you know you make a good point with uh with congress there we always hear about how unpopular the president is i mean i can't believe Congress is more popular than the president. There's no way. I don't know. I haven't seen the numbers, and I really don't care to because they're all probably garbage anyway. I do have one question, though. Yeah. Um, is it possible that we as the people could just put an amendment, a constitutional amendment, on the ballot in all 50 states, just get it on the ballot without going through a convention, and basically do this term limitation and this you have to live by the laws that you you put in place thing um, and this is retroactive, and you get no retirement. This is not a career. You're here actually as a servant. Is there any, can, can we just get the ballot, get it on the ballot in every 50 states? Or do we I've, have to go through a constitutional convention? I think we've talked about this before, and I appreciate your call. Hey, thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate you. Dave, uh, I think we talked about this before. I don't know the specifics on that process. I don't think that's correct. Here's what I will tell you. We do have term limits. Every several years, you go to the ballot, you go to the uh, the polling place, you're, you're wherever you vote, you go to that box. That's our term limits. 
it's up to us as American people to yank these yahoos out of office. That's the deal, right? And I think we saw some of that movement happening in 2016. Will it continue down the road in 2018 and, and uh, beyond 2020? Well, we'll have to wait and see. I think the majority of folks are going to be happy when they start to see the taxes. They're going to pay less. But there, there are so many things. Hey, right now it's keeping the government uh, it's keeping the government running. That's what they're going to be talking about over the next couple of days, right? What about when uh, health care starts to really hit the skids? And I'm talking the Obamacare stuff over this next year. It's going to. The guy who does our... Healthcare. He's our insurance agent guy, right? The guy who sold me ours, and and believe me, it was a it was a process. It was a chore getting ours this year. The the plan that we had last year can't even buy it. Can't even buy it this year. It was a mix between uh, an HMO and a PPO. And why? It's because the insurance company that we have and use here. Uh, owns and is i guess it's the same company as owns a lot of the hospital and doctor networks here it's a pretty big company here locally where i'm at so that was the hmo option right um you get covered by a lot of their stuff we had an hmo slash ppo combo kind of thing the ppo meant uh instead of staying in network i could opt to go out of network but i would have to pay a little bit more with an HMO, you can still go out of network, but they have to approve it. In other words, the way I understand this, the way he explained it to me was that, you know, if you got something going on, you or your wife or whatever, you know, your family, this goes in front of a board of doctors. And the doctors have to see everything. They have to be presented. Your doctor has to say why he believes or she believes that you should be referred out of network. And I don't like that. I mean, could it work out? Yeah, I guess it could. But I'd rather pay a little bit more money to make sure that I've got the choice and that I've got to say if I want to go out, I can go and do and get done whatever I want to get done. Because if there's a doctor who's going to give my family better care somewhere else and I'm going to pay a little bit more, then so be it. I'll do that. I can't even buy that plan now. Can't even buy it. Not, not, not just... With that company, they did away with it, right? And it, just for my wife and I, it was 500 bucks. By the way, we're healthy. We're a couple of healthy folks. 500 bucks a month for that. And he said, you know, we've, I do have a PPO option that's out there that we could hook you up with with another uh, insurance company. It's the, uh, it's the nonprofit statewide thing that they have here. It's, it's, a good, it's a good company. It's a good plan. But $750. If I wanted the PPO, $750, it's not the HMO PPO combo. It's not the same plan. It's just straight up PPO, $750. Are you kidding me? So I said, no, no, no. This is all, I don't like any of this. He was. He could tell I was getting upset and frustrated on the phone. I could no. This is all garbage. Are you kidding me? No. He goes, I know. I know. So in order to stay with the company that, I, that I'm, I'm with, I went ahead and stuck with them. My... Get this straight. I don't get the plan that I had last year. New plan, not the same one, not as good. I have to pay more. (laughs) 
It went up $75. We're paying like $575 for some garbage I don't even really want. So in other words, he, he said to me, look, don't worry about this. It's going away. This stuff is going to crumble by 2018. 19 is what he said. 19. It's all gone. So what happens next year with all of that? Boy, there's the fight. What's coming next year? Because the mandate's gone, right? With this tax bill? We'll talk about that and more. You're great for the uh, the administration, the president. Coming up right after this, Barclay in for Pat Gray. Unleashed today. This is The Blaze. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Frankenmeat, the man with the world's largest and uh, the worst day of the entire year. All coming up today, by the way. And by this today, is this is, I don't know if you're into any of this stuff or not. It's a bunch of hogwash, baloney. Maybe there's something to it, though. Astrologers, not astronomers, but astrologers say. Today will be the worst day of 2017. I wonder if this has anything to do with all the bodies I'm seeing out on the uh, highway, by the way. Is that because, or is that just people dying because of this bill being passed? Taxes. Huh? The worst day of the year. By the way, it's summer or winter solstice, rather. So that's what? The darkest day of the year? The winter solstice, also known as, yeah, shortest, but darkest, right? Because there's no sunlight, right? Yeah, there you go. So also known as Yule, midwinter, the shortest day of the year and the longest night. Again, this is the this is the time of year that I hate the most, and and not not because of uh, the snow or the cold. I don't care about that. It's the lack of sunlight. Now don't get it twisted. I love. I'm not the Grinch. I love Christmas. I love all that stuff. Okay, but uh, no, I mean I just don't like the, the 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 lack of sunshine, and mostly that's because of the cloud cover. It does get dark really early here. But they're saying today could be, of course, the longest night. The shortest day. And the worst day of the year. Now, here's why. Here's the way they get into this. I feel like they got a, a bunch of folks on the left get into this stuff. It's usually not. It's usually not, although I always say, I, I kind of remember uh, Ronald Reagan, I think Nancy had an astrologer or somebody doing the tea leaves or something. I think I heard stories about that years ago. I, I don't know. Maybe you had a psychic or somebody that came in and gave, I don't I, I kind of remember that, but I feel like it's mostly folks on the left that get into this. Apparently the sun will appear to pass in front of the constellation Capricorn. Okay. 
The reason why this is the worst day of the year is Saturn. So the sun will appear to pass in front of the constellation Capricorn hours after Saturn does. Likewise, this will cause both of these orbs to line up for the first time since 1664. But who's counting? According to London astrologer Neil Spencer, who writes for the London Observer, but first wrote about the alignment on his blog, he insists that starting something new on this day is ill-advised. Maybe that's why they're waiting to sign. <laughs> I just, you think anybody there at the White House pays attention to this? It's ill-advised, he says. Do not start. You got a new plan, a new something. Don't start it today. It will have long-term consequences. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Really? This is, <sighs> he insists starting something new on this day is ill-advised and will be a long-term constant. Anything you try to do this day, Thursday, will be more difficult than usual. Take more time and be more frustrating. Yeah, and you know what? So is anything Congress ever tries to do. Anything we ever try to pass or do or take care of, it always takes more time. It's more frustrating. Perhaps that's why the president won't sign the tax. Of course, I told you I made the joke and they came back to it for real. USA Today. I was just joking. This is literally in the copy in the article. You can't make this stuff up. It's the playbook. They go to it time and time and time again. Because of the way the stars are aligned. Come, you don't buy that, do you? Ron, you buying all that stuff? I didn't think so. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Now, listen. I will say this. You call this crazy or what you want, whatever you want to say. I do believe full moon has an effect on people. And here's why I say that, okay? Our bodies are like, what, 90% water, something like that? Okay. The moon affects the tides on the planet. Certainly it could have some sort of gravitational effect, could have that, that tidal pull within our bodies. I think we could act a little straight. Now, here's some anecdotal evidence, but it's evidence nonetheless. You ask any nurse, any police, fire, uh, you know, EMT, paramedic, whatever, people that are just working in the public sector, period. What it's like to work on a full moon, and they, and, and they will tell you straight up, you don't want to do it. It's always crazy. People are always at their nuttiest. Matter of fact, that's where the word lunatic comes from. Luna from the moon. Lunatic, crazy people. And usually they're influenced by the moon. I don't, I don't believe in werewolves or anything like that. But according to this article, this being the worst day of the year is why the president won't sign the tax bill today. I actually think it's a little more strategy, and I think there's a lot more going on. I think what they really want to do is get this other thing, kick the can down the road with spending, get that done, and then sign this. Be done. Go off. You know, that's how you want to do it. He's a showman. You want to go off. 
You want to leave stage and make an impression. You know, you want to do that encore and leave people wanting more. That's what I think he's going to do. But they think it's all because of the stars. And they go in further on this, by the way. They say Congress. Oh, this is perhaps that's why the president probably won't sign the tax bill Thursday. Now, this is tongue in cheek, but still, they're setting this up. They say that. And Congress has its paperwork to process, even though Spencer said the establishment, patriarchy, big business and property will be front and center in the cosmos. Toss in all the holiday traffic. It's a gridlock alert day just about everywhere. And that's true. Today is one of the, I think, the the most traveled day. If you're going to be flying or doing any of that, today is one of those days you just want to fly. Some people have to. You just may not want to fly. According to Enrix, a company that analyzes transportation data, it may be a good idea just to stay home. Isn't that what they always want us to do? You ever watch like the, the I don't know if you ever get the same thing. You watch the local TV weather guys or the TV or even the weather channel. They just stay at home. If it's got, I mean, the funniest is when you watch them out in California and it's raining. Stay home. Like, I think it's like a, it's like the end of the world. Now, I get you get flash flooding and all that stuff, but still. The rain in California, watching the, the weather uh, people cover that rain in California is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But they tell you, snow, we start to get snow here. Stay home. You may not want to go out. Just lock yourself indoors. Why do you think that is? And listen, I'm not begrudging them. I understand I'm in the media business. Why do you think that is? Because then you'll stay glued You'll stay glued to the television because you must depend on our coverage to stay alive. And like Ron just said, yeah, you're right, Ron. It's the purge. (laughs) It's the purge. Patience will not be a priority, the article continues to say, especially if we are told that we have to do something by our superiors. Are you told that you have to do? You know, you always have a choice. You can do it or you can be fine. They can find somebody else to do it. Right? So, again, they're blaming the boss man and some sort of planetary alignment here. Lunar Living Astrology website says we may be perceived as insubordinate if we don't. Be ready to deal with the repercussions of the rebellion. This article is something else. You can take solace in the winter solstice celebration at New Grange in County Meath, Ireland, which is being streamed live to the world from 3.30 to 4.15 a.m. Eastern Thursday. I, I think that already happened, apparently. I was not up. I was up shortly afterward. I got up about 4.30 this morning. It was not for that. It was not. It had nothing to do with watching any of that stuff or any of that garbage. The longest night of the year and the worst day to do anything. The hours of darkness, according to uh, according to the circles. So there you go. That's why the prejudice is another excuse, another reason why Congress and the president and the dead bodies from getting this whole tax thing done. We told you they were going to be, the Schumer said, they're going to be, there are going to be consequences. Dead bodies. Dead bodies everywhere. 888 is the number you can get in if you want to talk. I want to find out how do you grade the administration? What do you give them? A through F, passive fail? I want to know. 
Sumi says, I'd rather get off the habit letter and number grades. The one-room method of schooling focuses on just being able to do the work. I don't think you're paying attention to the conversation, but I appreciate you. Jason says, I'm giving the entire government a D, as with as much control so-called conservatives in the GOP have, and he's using the air quotes, by the way, and I, I agree, Jason. They have, the GOP have been between the president of both houses. They still seem to be giving us the D. <laughs> well said. Well said, my man. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with your calls. 888-933-93. Back after this, in for Pat Gray Unleashed. It's Barclay on the Blaze. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. It is Barkley in for Pat Gray on the Blaze. You can reach me, Justin at Justin Barkley, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y dot com. The email, the blog there. Hey, by the way, I know a lot of folks are getting ready for, uh, what, you know, the holidays and you're celebrating and you may think, uh, what, uh, New Year's resolutions and stuff like that. I've got a really cool tool on my uh, on my blog if you want to check it out. It's a thing that I use every morning. I absolutely love it, and uh, it's a journal. I know it's it sounds kind of simple, but ever since I lost my dream job about five six years ago, I was working in radio, and I got this. I you know I got to make a change. I did a lot of reinventing, you know, like uh, reading different books, and I knew I knew like if I was going to do something different. I was going to have to make a change. And um, a couple of the things that I changed in my, my life, my world, one of them really was looking at the world a little different. I was a little more cynical. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of fun. I'm a lot more positive and upbeat than I ever was. You know, I, I, part of what I do is, is radio. I do that um, about an hour a day for local show here i get to do that used to think when i had jobs and stuff and i really enjoyed them working in radio doing the morning radio stuff you know that I had to go to work and that i had to get up early one of the things i realized is that i get i know that sounds that sounds like easy and it kind of sounds like you know f- like fluff and all that but i gotta tell you man big big uh perspective shift for me a big change in my priorities I just realized that what I was doing wasn't working and that I wanted to do something a little different. So I had to make some shifts. And that's one of the things I did. This this journal that I use, I, you know, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you, it's it's real simple, but it asks a couple questions. It's something that I do first thing in the morning and then uh, at night before I go to bed. But it asks you a couple of questions. One of the things it asks is, you know, and it gives you like a, a quote in the morning, like here's something to think about. And then, uh, th- you know, what, you know, what would make um, today great? So you start thinking about like what you want to do today. Like what, what what are the things that would make today a really good day? 
So it shifts your mind instead of like out, out of that, like I'm going to react mode, out of reactionary mode, right into responsive mode. Design your day. Like what would make today, what would be the perfect day for you? So it asks you to you know write a couple of those down. It asks you, what are you grateful for? So it shifts your 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 focus from the way things are going or the way things you, you would wish they were better, you know. It shifts your focus from the bad that you're 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 seeing on a daily basis to the good. You know, as bad as things are, I mean we really do. I always talk about first world problems. We really do have a lot of good stuff happening in the world. We can run around and worry about like the little things, you know, the words we use with each other, you know, whether somebody's politically correct or not. I always make this point. I mean, man, we really must live in an amazing time when we're not worried about just getting eaten by lions. Where we're not worried about if we walk outside, will somebody come and kill us or rob us and take our food or our, you know, money or whatever it is, the the, the gold, you know. Where you can literally go to your bathroom in the middle of the night, flip on a switch, and there's light there. You can turn on the lights. You can use the bathroom. Then you can, you know, turn that light off and and then wash your hands. It's all clean water. The, The lights work for you. You got it all right there. You don't have to go out to an outhouse, dig a hole in the ground, for the love of Pete, and go there. You know, we really do have it pretty good, right? So it kind of shifts your focus and your perspective in a lot of ways. That's why I love using this tool and I use it on a daily basis. And I just thought I'd share that with you, you know, cuz we're we're it is the season, right? It's it's that time of year. It's time to think about what are you going to change? What are you going to change coming up in the new year? What are you going to change? How would you like life to be? Now, I'm not necessarily saying that you should do that today because obviously it's the darkest day of 2017. As astrologers say, it's the worst day of the year. Don't change anything. Don't start anything new. <laughs> That's You're right. Vampires do like this day. It's true. It's very true. Uh, but anyway, it, it's, uh, you know, it's something that we've been, we kind of think about, I think, this time of year. You put the wraps on the old, you're getting ready for the new. And I tend to get really optimistic at the beginning of the year. I think about all these things, but do I follow through with them? Some questions that you want to ask yourself. You may be able to get those answers. Anyway, that's my, uh, it's up at my blog, justinbarclay.com, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. Love to hear from you on the email, too. Looking... At the Twitters, and of course, on Facebook, if you'd like to join us, I'm asking, what would you give when it comes to that grading of the administration? What would you give them? Do you have a grade in mind? Is it A through F? Joseph says no president would deserve an A as none of them have been perfect. I think that's true. None of them are perfect. You know, we're all human beings. There's some good ones. There's some favorites. You're right. And I think we have this other ideal. You know, I don't know how we got into this, but nothing's ever good enough. The fact that we we actually expect it to be says a lot, I think. 
you're not going to agree with me on everything. I'm not going to agree with you on everything. And God forbid if we do, gosh, it would be such a boring world. So as Joseph says, no president would ever deserve an A. None of them have been perfect, but uh, Trump gets a B minus. Love him or hate him. He's the only president to make good on one or more campaign promise than any other president in the last 60 years. This alone makes him a pretty good leader. Joseph, you're right. He said he was going to build that wall. They're in the process of doing that. He said he was going to take a look at this chain migration. and He was going to take a look at this illegal immigration. He's doing that right now. Uh, he said he was going to do the taxes. They've done the taxes. He said he was going to get Neil Gorsuch in. He put Neil Gorsuch in. What else? I mean, there's there's a list of these things. There's a few of them. What else would you would you add on there? Pretty big stuff, right? Pretty big stuff. It takes a lot to undo. Now, earlier we were talking a little bit about the tweeting. Some people say maybe he shouldn't tweet. Some people say maybe, you know, I look, I kind of like the tweet. Here's my take on the tweets. I don't always agree again with what he says and how he says it. But I will tell you this. I think there's a bit of a method to the madness. I think the guy's a lot smarter than a lot of people give him credit for. Now, whether you agree with strategy and tactic is completely different, right? Whether you agree with this or not, I don't, you know, that's up to you. Ben Shapiro made the, the point today, and I, I, I you know, I, I, I hear, I get, I get it. Look at all the things he could have gotten done, maybe if he wasn't tweeting all this last year. That's a good point. Moving forward, Ben says, hey, maybe the guy should take, you know, take a little time off of Twitter, a little vacation, enjoy the holidays down in Mar-a-Lago. I get it, but here's what I'll say. I think that the tweeting has actually provided him cover in order to get these things done. I could be wrong, but I see this, and maybe you see something similar. Maybe it's completely different, but I see the tweeting as something that allows him, because he's allowed then to control the conversation, the narrative, even if it's bad press. Look, I saw this this movie yesterday, this just telling Ron off the air, this uh, greatest showman. Now, if you could get past the first, uh, it took me a first couple of minutes to realize, oh gosh, I've walked into a musical and they sing the whole show. <laughs> but I, you know what? I At first I was a little taken aback, but I thought, okay, I could just make it through. And, then, and I kind of was drawn into it. I got through it. I actually enjoyed the show. It was about P.T. Barnum. Now, it's a very glowing depiction of P.T. Barnum and telling that story, but, um, you know, really interesting. There's a lot of this greatest showman behavior in President Trump. There's a lot of this P.T. Barnum in President Trump. And uh, P.T. Barnum, what? There's no such thing as bad publicity. Is that... Because at any moment's notice, he can move, he can change, he can shift the conversation, anything he tweets about. The media follows immediately anything he tweets about. I think that's been an asset in the last year. 
there would be many people that say that's been a mistake. And I understand that. I totally get it. There are some times that you think, man, I just wish that this could be a little more reasonable, especially when we look at some of the things that... uh, But a lot of this, to the tweets, is media reaction. There are some times in tweets you look at them, you go, man, I don't know if I would have said it that way, but I'm not him. I'm not just trying to like you know write him a completely write, completely write him an excuse to do whatever he wants to do, but I'm just throwing it out there. I think that some of this stuff is cover and gives him cover because while he's got the media over here talking about something he's tweeted, they've moved and they've actually got the taxes done. They're moving forward. He's able to get his own sort of narrative and story out there, and the media doesn't 100% control it. Just some food for thought. Throwing that out there for you. 888 What do you grade the administration over the last year? We'll talk about that. We'll get into that. Plus, you know, I just told you. I just told you about the worst day of the year. What about these robots now? Now, this is something else. Robots that can tell when you're lying. Robots that can actually tell when, in fact, you're lying. It's AI. Artificial intelligence. Getting really scary. One way to know this for a fact, if you see the, uh, the, any of the Democrats, any of the politicians on the left, when their lips are moving, one sure sign that... They are lying. We don't even need AI for that. You don't need it. We <laughs> uh, we'll go through some of these signs and see if you can uh, see if you can figure some of these out too. The AI that is scaring folks left and right. Talk about that next. In for Pat Gray Unleashed. Sparkly on the Blaze. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm back, you freaks. Um, sorry, I had to, I had to plug my lap my laptop in here. I'm getting my juices all drained now. Gotta find a plug for it. Uh, we're good. We're set up. That's yeah, I know. And this studio is not my studio, so I had, I had, to, I had to like rewire a few things. Hey, if we go off the air, it's probably just me rewiring stuff. So there you go. Welcome back in, folks. As again, Ron, you don't believe me. Every time I come on, I tell you this may be the last time. This may be. It. <sighs> yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. They don't have anybody else, so I gotta be here tomorrow. <laughs> just me. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the number. You can join us and talk about anything you want to talk about today. I want to know what the grade is that you'd give the president, the administration. You can talk about anything you want to talk. You want to talk about this? Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes muses about Pence, Ryan, and McConnell's death. Let me just talk about what is it? I why seriously wonder what is the folks on the left, the Democrats, what is their obsession with uh, with death? 
I don't get it. Former Obama Deputy National Security Advisor Ben Rhodes mused about the death of top Republicans on Twitter Thursday before being scolded by GOP Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana, who was severely injured in the June congressional baseball practice shooting. <clears throat> he he throws this tweet out, and, and, and Scalise says, you may want to reconsider your rhetoric here, buddy. This is real stuff. You know, it's true. If you look at the extreme, the whack jobs, the real wackos, they're all on the left. The people that are out shooting things up, and we always hear about, oh, you know, yeah, it's, you know, Second Amendment, you know, conservatives, they want to keep their, cling to their guns and their bot. But you look at the people that are really doing the day, the folks that are out there shooting things up are extreme left-wing wackos. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, it's it, it's always kind of how it is. You, know, you look at this stuff and it kind of makes you shake your head like, I, I understand joking, but maybe we don't joke about things like that. You know, I, I understand kind of, you know, uh, just, just, you're having fun with people, but maybe there's some things we don't do, right? I don't know. It's, uh, there are maybe a few things that uh, I don't know. We just we probably want to stay away from. But that's what tech brings us, the ability to do so much more. Tech is just like fire, right? It's like the like guns itself, right? It's like a tool. You can either create a a, a, a blaze to warm yourself around, cook your food, keep your family warm, safe, or you can burn down the house. Speaking of tech, this latest stuff, and yeah, I want to get to the story about the AI that can tell whether or not you're lying. It's kind of creepy. Before that story, how about this? There is a new male hormonal contraceptive that's about to be tested on people. Speaking of techs and tech here. <clears throat> Listen to this. ScienceAlert.com. I've never heard of this, but listen to this. If you are a male, no, no, it doesn't even say, it doesn't say male. This is, must be gender fluid then, this article. It's completely, it's completely uh, politically correct. If you're a sperm producer, that's what this says. If you're a sperm producer who doesn't want kids, you're personal contribution to contraception is currently limited to condoms or the snip really really a sperm producer needless to say not everybody likes those choices but now a topical treatment could add another simple non-invasive option to the mix it's a hormonal gel that reproduces sperm count when applied to the skin yeah might want to back up might want to back up on that this is called the, quote, rub-on male hormonal contraceptive. The rub-on male hormonal contraceptive. It's about to be tested on people. Next April, researchers at the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development are expecting to begin clinical trials on this gel, which has been a development for several years. Now, how do they test this? Never mind. I probably don't want to know. 
I probably this is something that I probably don't even. And this is this fake. This has got to be some sort of fake news. This blog that this thing is. I never even heard of sciencealert.com. You know, when I want all my science news, I go on over to sciencealert.com, ladies and gentlemen. That's the latest tech, though. This is real deal from the mail, dailymail.com. The robot that knows when you're lying. Scientists create an AI that can detect deception in the courtroom, and it's already significantly better than humans. The system is called DARE. D-A-R-E, was trained by watching 15 videos of people in court. It was trained, recognized five expressions that indicate someone is lying. These are following. Raised eyebrows, lip turning up, frowning, lips protruded, and head tilt. Now, my dog does that head tilt thing all the time. Does that mean that my dog is lying to me? I don't think so. I think that's just like, I'm, what, what's the deal, man? He's trying to figure me out. Trying to hear? I don't know if these are in there or not. Is sweating? I would t- I'd throw in blinking. Although the problem is, is that even though somebody may be doing these things, they may be indications that they're lying. I don't think you could throw somebody in jail for this. You imagine the AI that comes back, you know, a few years down the road, well, uh, you know, the, the robot said that uh, the guy was lying, so we got to throw him in jail. That's where we're going to be. Although, I'll say this, final test, the system performed with 92% accuracy. Researchers described the performance as significantly better than humans. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd want to. You want to go to court and have something try to decide whether or not you're lying? Some robot? Some sort of AI? So instead of a jury of your peers, you're going to be judged by a jury of AI. Welcome, I mean, seriously, welcome to the future. That stuff can be scary, can it? I mean, Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. The number you can join us if you want to join in the fun here. Rating the president, rating this administration when it comes to the, the tax bill that just uh, just came through. That no signing, nothing signed yet. But I'd say that's a pretty big deal. That's enough for me to give them a B. I know I haven't weighed in 100%. I'm not happy about everything. I know Joseph said B minus a while ago. Okay, I'd say I'd probably go with B. I'm throwing a B in there. C, I think C would be a decent, I mean, a fair. I don't give him, I don't give the guy an A, but I will tell you this. They have done uh, quite a bit, more than I expected. And I don't mean that I didn't expect things to get done. I just I just knew out of the gate, day one, left and right, we're gonna have so much to fight for. There's not they're, they're just really they're not gonna you're talking about it's a revolution in a lot of ways. There are so many people on so many different sides that don't want to see 
government downsized. They just don't want to see that. Whether or not he believes in it or not, I mean, it's one of the things that he kind of ran on in some ways. But also uh, talked about infrastructure and expanding and all this other stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's... It's kind of, you know, half a dozen one hand, six in the other. I don't know. I don't know if we see the massive, because along with the tax cuts, we're going to get an influx of new money. But what really needs to happen, what really needs to happen has got to be cutting that spending. Uh, we're watching TV here. Here comes uh, Nikki Haley. They're called upon to once again make the world's largest contribution to the United Nations. And we will remember it when so many countries come calling on us, as they so often do, to pay even more and to use our influence for their benefit. Now, so she said, uh, we will remember being singled out at the U.N. basically as a they've just made that uh, vote against uh, the United States and the embassy being relocated to uh, Jerusalem. I mean, let's let's talk about the U.N. How outdated. You know, I mean, the, the whole thing. Do, do we need do we need this thing? Do we need a U.N.? What do they do anyway? Sit around and try and tell us what to do. You're kidding me. It's a, it's a basically a joke. The U.N. General Assembly has voted 128 to 9 with 30, 35 abstentions to declare President Donald Trump's declaration of Jerusalem as Israel capital null and void. Well, that's where it is. That's where we're putting our embassy. So I don't know what to tell you. Thursday's vote, while a victory for the Palestinians, was significantly lower than its supporters had hoped for, with many forecasting at least 150 yes votes. It's noteworthy that 21 countries were absent. In that sense, it was a victory for the United States with Trump's threat to cut off U.S. funding, the countries that oppose his decision having an impact. Well, I mean, if we're going to go run around throwing money to everybody all over the world... Don't you think we should have a little bit of a say-so about how the money should be spent? Now, I don't really think we should be running around throwing money to everybody. But if you're going to be peeling off stacks to people, it may be, you may have a, I don't know, you may be able to say how that money's spent. It's not no strings. I mean, there are strings attached here. Triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Quick break. Back next. I want to talk more about, of course, the grade. I want to talk more about what we're already seeing as far as some of this, the tax stuff already materializing. There is also a story that's really kind of sad. We're going to talk next hour a little bit more about this. The opioid problem in our country is responsible this year they say for lowering the uh, the the age i guess of the, the of death i'm not i'm not saying that right you know the, the the age that people die here in america 
it's this opioid addiction that's been the the biggest issue, and it's killing people. I gotta say, you know, I'm almost forty. I've seen I've seen people my age, people that I went to school with, popping up dying from this stuff. It really is. It's freaky. You start to see people dying for no reason. You know, overdose. All of these things happening. And they leave behind in their wake family members, all these other people that are just left wondering what happened. So how did we get here? We'll talk a little bit about that coming up. Plus, the man with the world's largest. Yeah, this story is really, he's on disability, by the way. Plot twist. <laughs> You're going to want to hear this. I'll give you a warning when we get to this thing. Uh, you know, if you got any kids listening. Plus, there's a story that I really want to share with you. You want to talk about just absolute morons. This guy attacked his wife over a cookie. That's it. That's enough. That's it for me. I'm done. It was a cookie. The whole story, though, how this went down... This is a big dude, 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four. Six, four. They got in a big squabble. We'll tell you what went down with that. Coming up, it's Barkley in for Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Ray on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, here you go. Paul says, hey, look, uh, do not, uh, he's not mentioned words. D minus on the grading. He says the failures are profound and none bigger than not ending the financial rape of families, otherwise known as Obamacare. Yep. I get it. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, look, I think that uh, that was front and center right supposed to be done supposed to be handled supposed to be taken care of front and center could not get it done could not now we're one step closer to this tax deal we are at a we're a situation where the the mandates removed so this thing falls apart quicker than now the the question is what comes next that's the question <sighs> Where it keeps you kind of hanging on next year. What what comes next? Because you you know you realize this. You're smart. This thing, this Obama, this was not. This was designed to fail. It was designed to fall apart. You know, so they could bring in single payer. That was that, that was what the plan was the whole time. So where do you go now? What you know what what happens at this point? I would like to see some more options. Some of the things that I've heard talked about is opening up. I just want to see competition. 
So opening up the ability for these insurance companies to compete with each other across, you know, state lines, I think that's a big benefit. I think that helps us bring down uh, the cost in a lot of different places. Now, it, it, we, we have this... You can compete, you know, when it comes to the the car insurance to different companies all over, right? So you can, you know, Michigan's a little different because some of our state laws, one of the things that keeps us crazy is that we have this unlimited, it's unlimited. You get in a car accident and, and you get injured, uh, your, your car insurance covers unlimited, unlimited medical for the rest of your life, unlimited from that from that accident. So that's why our rates are so high, amongst other reasons, but our rates are really high in Michigan. Now they could come down when it comes to this uh, this this health insurance. Could you see that competition across state lines? That could be something that I that I do see making a difference. When there's more competition, we benefit. The consumer wins. We get innovation. We get prices dropping. Competition is the name of the game. Keeping the government out of it. What really comes next? You know. What really comes next is, is I mean, it's your guess is as good as mine. But boy, is it important. And, of course, that's that's on the next list of what's coming next year. Yeah. So let's go back to Illinois. I don't know if I, I, I mentioned this earlier. Did you know that every 4.3 minutes in 2017, Illinois lost a resident, people moved out at that rate, so where are we with the rest of these states that have super high tax loads? Oregon is one of them. Somebody just emailed me earlier saying, yeah, I'm in Oregon. I got this I got super high tax load here, too. New York, California, some of these places are just going to be unbearable to live in. You'll start to see the, the masses moving out, which brings me back down to Florida. I guarantee this is where this took place. I don't even have to look. Florida man. Yep, that's it. I lived in Florida. God bless it. It's a beautiful place. But I lived there almost 10 years ago. I was probably there for about nine months. There are a lot of great things about Florida. One of the things that I noticed, though, is that people tend to move to Florida for the for the wrong reasons. From all over, by the way. You see a lot of people moving down, you know, the East Coast, down to Florida. And I always felt like the more people I met and the more people I talked to, they were running from something. The answer was not in Florida. Just like this man, 31, six foot four, 31 year old Florida man. Richard Hessick, arrested Thursday evening, this last week, on a domestic. Battery charge. Following a confrontation in the Port St. Lucie home where he shares with his girlfriend, the victim, a 34-year-old nurse. 
the six foot four Hessek who works as a butcher. This guy, you got to see this picture, man. Woo! I can tweet this thing out. He's got the wife beater T-shirt on. He's got some sort of like a tribal jewelry he's wearing. Big dude. I would not want to mess with this guy. They got into an argument, him and his girlfriend, over cookies. An investigator noted that uh, he was upset. Someone ate the last chocolate chip cookie and was also angry at his girlfriend for not taking him seriously. <laughs> you see this, dude. If there's anything I would take, it would be taking him seriously. That's what I would. I would not take the last cookie. I would take him. I would never take food from this man. Believing that she was, quote, blowing him off, he said that he ripped down the curtain as the woman was showering in the shower. The victim told a sheriff's deputy that Hessek was angry that the last of his favorite cookies were eaten. The missing cookie was of less importance to the woman who said she joked about, quote, reviewing the surveillance cameras. She did not want to argue over something so petty and told him that she would purchase more cookies for him. Now, it's all is never funny, but chocolate, chip cookies, that's a whole other story. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Another treat for you, Dr. Dahlia Wax will join us coming up after the top of the hour here. Barkley in for Pat Gray today. We're unleashed on the blaze. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. It's it's that it's not Pat. I always think it's where's Pat? Pat's here. Where is he? It's like that uh, movie Elf, where buddies like Santa. You see Santa. Santa! <laughs> Pat, Pat's here. I gotta go hit the thermostat again. I just turned it up because it was getting cold in here. What is it with the work thermostat? Thankfully, I have a little control over this thing. What is it with the work thermostat? I just turned it at just a teensy bit because it was getting a little cold. Now it's again back to furnace. Why is it either hotter than like the blue blazes of hell, like, or it's absolutely Arctic? I've noticed this, by the way. I've worked in several different locations. I've been working since I was, I don't know, 14 years old in, in like professional settings. This is always, no matter where you go, this is always the way it is. Have you noticed this? I don't care where you are, what office you're in. And there's always some weirdo who has control over the thing sometimes, and you can't, like, you can't get them to budge. Luckily, I have one in the studio that I'm in today. Beautiful. But it was that it got really cold, and so I said, okay, I'll crank it up a few notches. Now it's warming up. And when I say warm... I'm thinking pit sweat. I'm going to have stains. You know, it's going to be bad. And I'm sorry that I've, I, you know, I probably overshared there. I apologize. What do you think happens when Jeffy comes on, though? Pit sweat. It happens. 
You know, the heat, you're under the light. I can't even imagine when you're in that studio there in Dallas, you're under the lights. Oh, no. Mm -mm. I get the pit sweat. Hashtag me too. I do. Hey, is me too gone too far? There's an interesting article. Maybe we'll get to this if we have time today. But uh, looks like there's a little bit of a turn on this whole me too movement. Movements collapse when they become more interested in collecting heads than advancing their cause. Unfortunately, the very worthy hashtag MeToo movement against sexual harassment and abuse might have just reached that point. This is written by Sheikah Dalmia. Called MeToo Run Amuck. A blog called The Week. Last Friday, Me Too took down Pulitzer Prize winner Stephen Henderson, the editorial page editor of the liberal Detroit Free Press. By the way, if you're wondering why they're quite now, they're starting to question, did this thing go too far? Did we create a monster maybe that we don't know how to control? You just heard it all right here. Last, This was all you needed to know. Last Friday, Me Too took down uh, Pulitzer Prize winner Stephen Henderson, the editorial page editor of the liberal Detroit Free Press, or Free as it's called locally. Well, they wouldn't care if this guy's a conservative. That's what they wanted the thing to do. They created this to take down Trump. And we'll find out in 2018 how they do, because that's what I believe the attack is coming this next year. It's, it's all about this Me Too. It's all about the the way that the next way that they think they can take him down. So... Now that it's starting to backfire, I mean, we're taking down liberal icons. If you look at the people that are getting involved in this and wrapped up in this whole Me Too thing, most of them are liberals. It's taken out a liberal senator. Yesterday I said, I don't know if Al Franken's really going to resign or not. He said he was planning on it, but he never actually did. I read news today. I don't know where, I, where did I see this? That Franken was going to resign, and there was a date January sixth maybe second al franken this is from the hill says early january daily caller has an official date and then vox also says january 2nd but trust me people this ain't over until it's done trust me here's the article Al Franken will resign January 2nd, but some Democrats don't want him to go. Franken is resigning after sexual misconduct allegations. Some of the Senate want him to stay. They've actually given a date now. His people have. So whether or not that means anything, I don't know. The same Democratic colleagues who had called for him to resign the day before lined up one by one to comfort the Minnesota senator with a hug or a handshake. Some cried as he departed. But for Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, the scene on the Senate floor was more like the Ides of March, the moment when Democrats stabbed a fellow colleague in the back. The most hypocritical, this is quote, the most hypocritical thing I've ever seen done to a human being. And then have enough guts to sit on the floor, watch him give his speech, and go over and hug him. That's hypocrisy at the highest level I've ever seen in my life. Made me sick, said Senator Joe Manchin. 
Manchin wanted the Senate Ethics Committee to conduct a full investigation of the numerous sexual misconduct allegations against Franken and make a judgment of whether he should have stayed or departed. He's not the only one. Even after Franken's decision to resign, Democrats remain divided on whether it's the right one or not. This is the bed of their own making. This is the monster they designed. And again, you're talking about folks here on the left who really the playbook is do the ends justify the means and absolutely every single time. Just just as long as we get what we want, everything's fine. So whether or not whether or not this actually happens on January second, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But this piece I thought brought an interesting point: Is the Me Too movement going too far? The author asks, "Have we created something that is just too big now, and it's gotten out of control, and it's actually taking down our people?" Definitely not designed to do that. It was designed to take down President Trump. And then, you know, and if and if it gets in the way, now we're starting to see casualties on our side. Oh, people, look out. Hey, by the way, Meryl Streep is under fire right now. Daily News reporting. Meryl Streep and the whole Me Too movement. She knew. Hashtag she knew. Posters are popping up everywhere in Los Angeles amid backlash over Harvey Weinstein comments. A street artist is calling Meryl Streep on her bluff. Posters showing the post actress standing with disgraced producer Harvey Weinstein have been popping up all across Los Angeles. Twitter posts indicate the artist, who is yet to be identified, placed a red banner with the words she knew over Streep's eyes. This is actually pretty good stuff. Pretty good work. The images began appearing around the City of Angels following a Monday statement from the 68-year-old actress in which she claimed Weinstein made sure, quote-unquote, she didn't know about his perverted antics. She went on to claim that he used his association to her to lure young aspiring women into circumstances where they would be hurt. Streep alleged that she issued the statement in response to a since-deleted tweet from Rose McGowan who accused Weinstein of raping her Earlier in her career, in the Post, McGowan labeled Shreep a hypocrite for calling on women to swear black to the golden to wear black to the Golden Globes to protest sexual misconduct in Hollywood. She pointed out that Shreep and other actresses happily worked for the pig monster, quote unquote. And folks, of course she knew. This is. Uh, not not a, uh, a very well-kept secret in Hollywood. This kind of stuff is happening all the time. But if you're uh, lefty, if you're liberal, if you're uh, progressive, if you're on their side, everything's fine. Do the ends justify the means? You can get away with murder. And some literally have. Allegedly. Come on. She knew. Of course. Of course she knew. All of this backfiring. All of this. It's really interesting. I got to tell you. I mean, uh, I I don't know. We are in a weird time right now. As I was talking tech earlier, we're talking disruption. You know, you got the AI that can tell when people are lying now. I mean, that's what I want to do. 
I want to get the AI loaded up. I want to have people on a television show. I want to run the AI. They can come out and talk. Politicians, whoever, run the AI, and I want to run the, the, the meter underneath them while they're on television. <laughs> we don't have to use it in a court of law, but Merrill, what did you know and when did you know it? And you run that AI underneath him like a ticker right underneath. Right? Hey, right is it going? What did you know? What did you know, Merrill? The American people demand to know. <laughs> you would have a harder time booking guests for your show than uh, the, the brand new. Um... Oh, what's her name? You know what I'm talking about. On the Today Show, the Today thing, that experiment. Megan Kelly, you'd have a hard time booking people for that show to come on with the AI and, and have them uh, expose your lies and you would be able to book people for the Megan Kelly show. I'm telling you, it would be very tough. It would be very tough to book these people. They would be exposed live on television. Don't think they want to deal with that. The AI knows. Oh, the AI knows. Just leave it at that. All right, triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Taking a quick break. Back next with Doctor Dahlia Wax, and she joins us to talk, amongst other things, this opioid uh, crisis. I mean, it's just it's it's overwhelming. What can be done? What should be done? How did where did you know? How did we get here? The good doctor, always a favorite. She joins us right after this. Barkley in for Pat Gray Unleashed today on the Blaze. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Just tweeted out that cookie store if you want to see that at Mr. Justin Barkley. The guy, the guy, what he's wearing is is priceless. This dude in his outfit. Got into a fight over cookies with his girl. I don't know. Technically, I should say she was his girl. I don't know if they're still together, although it is Florida, so it's really kind of hard to tell. You just never know. Florida man. That's out on uh, at Mr. Justin Barkley on Twitter right now if you want to check that out. Also, if you want to call in 888 you can weigh in. What grade do you give the administration after you get the taxes passed? You got a grade for them? I mean, this is the first year. I mean, it's, there's a lot of good stuff happening. There are, there are certainly some things that could be much better. We have to leave that open. But we'll give you a chance to call in with that, too, at 888 Dr. Dahlia Wax is on the phone with it, drdahlia.com. Appreciate you being here, Doc. How are you? Anytime, Justin. How are you? Merry Christmas. One of my favorites. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all the same to you. I got to say, one of the reasons why you're on today, uh, and I want to talk, we'll, we'll get into this opioid crisis and all this other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but man, I saw, I saw this crazy story, Christmas tree syndrome. And I'm really not sure what this is, or even if it's even, if it's fake news, is real doctors now issuing health warning for real. Tree owners, I should say, in full disclosure, we have what is called a faux tree. <laughs> we don't want to say it's fake. It's not a fake tree. It's it, it's just not, uh, you know, It was. it's never been living. <laughs> Let's put it that way. 
Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I have had the real trees. I kind of like them. I also like not being able to, uh, not having to deal with the hassle, putting up the real tree, keeping it watered and all that other stuff. But people Mm -hmm. are getting sick from real trees. What's happening? How does this work? Yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought this up. There's something called Christmas tree syndrome. Now, mind you, I think Christmas trees are therapeutic. You see the tree, you rock around the trees, you're getting exercise, it brings the family together. I think Christmas trees are very therapeutic. However, they're trees. They came from the wild. So even if the spruce or the fir isn't allergenic, because usually Christmas trees shouldn't in and of themselves cause allergies, they carry pollen from other trees. They carry spiders and mites and dust and dirt, and they carry mold. So people are complaining. Some people complain that they have all these these slew of respiratory syndromes and um, coughing, chest pain, wheezing, watery eyes, itchy nose, lethargy, insomnia. Um, And it could be because of the mold. It could just be because of the tree or the pollen, or it could just be, uh, you know, the dust. And so it's a real syndrome. You know, I was thinking about this. My tree, it's not a real tree, but it could come with spiders. In fact, we did find a bug. We have these, like, uh, we have these stink bugs up here. I don't know if you're familiar with what these things are. We have these mm-hmm. stink bugs stink in, bug. in Michigan. Like around October or so, it starts getting a little cooler at night. These things try to make their way inside your house. One of these damn things made it inside our house. The tree has the lights on. This thing is up there, f- like flying around. I, I saw in the shadow, like we, we, we've got the lights down. We're watching something on TV in the shadow. I saw this thing jumping around up there. I'm like, oh, my God, is that Godzilla up on the tree? What is that thing up there? Something is flying around. And uh, I finally investigated. I thought, in all honesty, I thought it was like a mouse or something because we live out in the country, so maybe there's something up there crawling. It was a bug. I was able to get that bug, and I was able to kill that bug like the real man that I am for my wife. Uh, (laughs) But the the spiders can come from the fake trees, too, because if they're in a basement or a storage storage area, I mean, that stuff happens. But there's something about the real trees that's causing the allergies and stuff. Is that deal? Yeah, and mold, remember, you know, okay, we, we share this earth with a lot of little critters. And moist trees, you know, think about it, because in your home, you're not having all the wind blow things off the tree. And so it's hot, it's a little bit more humid because we have cooking. You know, the Christmas tree is usually in the living room or in the area that's kind of near where the family always gathers, the family room. So there's a lot more sweat and people and moisture in their breathing. And so it's a moister environment inside a house than it would be a lot of times outside. Um, and I know, you know, you can talk about rain and things like that, but you aren't, you're getting stagnation of a Christmas tree. So with that stagnation, mold will grow and mold gives off spores. And so that's why, you know, some of these people that are more prone to COPD or emphysema or asthma or allergies go, I can't decorate the tree. And you're like, well, you're just being lazy because you don't want it. And they're like, no, I'm going to start to sneeze. I'm going to start to wheeze. And you see a lot of people, they go, yeah, I got Christmas allergies. You're like, what are you talking about Christmas allergies? And I have to ask, did you decorate the tree this weekend? They go, yeah. So, you know, I haven't heard of anybody dying from this or needing to go to the hospital. But then again, I mean, you know, this is at the time of year when we start to see people, you know, sometimes tip over when it comes to um, having, um, you know, respiratory issues and maybe avoiding decorating the tree and having one of your in-laws do it instead may be a better way to go. 
I heard uh, uh, Dr. Die. I'm just curious. I know you're out in like Vegas there, the Vegas area in, in, in Nevada. Have you seen anybody dropping dead immediately, if not sooner? Uh, are the roadways littered with dead bodies uh, after this tax bill was passed? We heard from a lot of folks on the left that people were just going to start dying. Have you seen any of that today? <laughs> you need patients that aren't feeling well. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, Justin, it's so funny because the left try to say that with this tax bill that got passed, the wealthy are going to do better or or benefit from this. The wealthy benefit from everything. Any single bill that ever gets passed, you know what? A dog could poop on a wealthy person's carpet, and they're going to benefit from that because they could have the carpet, you know, changed out by insurance and get better par- carpet. So whenever anybody says, oh, my gosh, you know, this helps the wealthy, the wealthy will usually do better no matter what because they're wealthy. The wealthy know how to maneuver no matter what. And so when people go, well, we can't pass this bill because it will help the wealthy, it's ridiculous. I, You know, everything helps the wealthy. So let's now help the middle class and something like this has, I think, huge economic impact, which is something we need because this great recession devastated us. We got rid of the individual mandate. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. When it came to, um, you know, Obamacare, I would really love to see the employer mandate gotten rid of. But again, we got to do baby steps. And so overall, lowering the corporate tax rate, and we already have corporations saying they're going to put money in, um, you know, back into the business or back into employees or, you know, this is a good Thing. And, you know, it shows politicians are putting their own careers first than the good people. What do you think, Doc? You know, we were just kind of talking about what comes after this individual mandate's gone. So what comes next year? I've talked to some folks that say they think this whole, like the entire Obamacare, all that's going to crumble and be gone by 2019. What's coming next? Well, what's probably coming next are the premiums will still rise. And people will finally, capitalism will come into play. And people will say, I am not buying a lousy product. And so what could come next is is smaller insurance companies could say, look, we are going to give you a more personalized plan where if you're a man and don't need mammogram coverage and birth control coverage and um, pregnancy coverage, you could buy this plan. If you're a woman who doesn't need prostate coverage or not at high risk for heart disease, then you could buy this plan. And I think if capitalism comes into play and these companies have the gumption to do this, we'll start to see plans come out. And again, still the Affordable Care Act mandate, you know, mandates that insurance companies have all the essential benefits, but that lumps men and women together buying and paying for things that they don't need. There may be some plans that could be exempt from the ACA that say, look, we will give you coverage, but it's going to be kind of where, like, have it your way. You can pick the lettuce, pick the tomato, and not take the cheese. And sure, mm. the plans aren't going to be as cheap as they were pre-Obamacare, but, you know, prices were still going up even pre-Obamacare. But I, I think we're going to get to start seeing capitalism come into play because people are going to tell these big insurance companies, I'm not buying that lousy product. So they're going to have to come out and offer some different products. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to come out and give, and give people the choices. And so we're going to get competition. We're going to get choices. What about competition across state lines? Exactly. Something that you have harked on and, and, and encouraged me to. I mean, competition across state lines is going to be paramount. And we're also going to see the power of the cash patient. 
people that aren't buying insurance are going to go to the doctor and want to pay cash. And if a doctor's office wants to grab that consumer, they're going to have to drop their prices, which many do. Many doctors have $50 office visits or $45 office visits. Labs are going to have to, you know, um, cater to the cash patient, which they've started to learn to do, where you want to know what, if you need a blood count, we're only going to charge you $10 as opposed to what we charge insurance company, 150 And so we are going to start seeing the, we're going to start, the pendulum is going to swing back to the way things were in the 60s and 50s, where you pay cash to see a medical provider. And so if getting a gallbladder removed in California is three times more expensive than coming to Nevada, people are going to come to Nevada. And if health insurance can also come across straight, straight uh, state lines, that's going to drive prices down as well. We need competition. Dr. Dahlia Wax is on with us right now. Dr. Dahlia, D-A-L-I-A-H.com. I want to take a quick break, but uh, Doc, when I come back, I want to talk about the opioid cr- uh, crisis. Right now, I'm reading headlines. Uh, opioids now kill more people than breast cancer. It's affecting the life expectancy. We've seen it drop again this year as deaths surge now in the U.S. According to this uh, this latest yeah. article I read about opioids, I've got friends, family, people that are affected by this. This is a big one. This is a doozy. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with Dr. Daya. Come on up next, and you can weigh in. 888 if you want to join the conversation. You can at any moment in time do so. Want to grade the administration, too? We're about, a what, a year? A year out now. Read your tweets. We'll get to that, too. Coming up, at Mr. Justin Barclay. You can hit me on, on the uh, email, justin at justinbarclay.com. And we'll be right back after this. In for Pat Gray today on The Blaze Unleashed. It's Barkley. Network. We still got to get it. It's a medical question. So, Doc, I'm going to get to this here in a minute. But first, we have to tackle the serious issues. The man with the world's largest <clears throat> coming up here in a few. Do- doc, I don't know if you saw this, Doc, the story. The man, it's it's so big. He's on uh, he's on disability. Uh, it's a real problem. You know what I mean? It's a real. Yeah. I like to call these things first world problems, although this this occurs in a third world type of country. Uh, I'll explain all that coming up here in a little bit. But uh, Dr. Dahlia is on with us right now. Dr. Dahlia Wax 
drdahlia.com is the website. She's got a great radio show. You can check her out. Want to talk about opioids. This is a major issue, a big crisis happening right now. I have friends. I have family. Um, a good, really good friend of mine from uh, from school is the, uh, I guess he's the, He's the prosecutor now in um, in my hometown, the county of my hometown. And he's dealing with this on a daily basis of trying to curb this sort of thing. We're seeing now deaths from opioids killing more people than breast cancer, and it's really affecting the life expectancy. How did we get here, Doc, and is there a, is there a way out? I know. It's it's tough. I, you know, we, we've talked about this, and uh, Michigan is – you know, suing uh, Purdue Pharma and pharmacies. And um, in Nevada, they passed unanimously a Bill 474, which is basically going to sanction and suspend doctors who write narcotics without doing mental health evaluations and filling out forms and doing counseling, et cetera. And unfortunately, while we're scrambling to deal with the 64th, I think it was 64,000 deaths, last year reported with overdose deaths, which superseded what happened with breast cancer and other sorts of, um, of issues that cause fatalities. We're going to be leaving people with in real pain high and dry. And one thing we're dealing with in Nevada is as they start to threaten doctors' licenses and give them 20 minutes worth of work per patient, the average medical provider is going to say, look, um, I'm busy. I, especially since with Obamacare, you know, we need to see volumes of since deductibles are so high that we're not making ends meet. I don't have time for 20 minutes to do a mental health evaluation and to do all this stuff just to write somebody a prescription because they broke their arm. Don't come here then. Just come here if you need anything else but pain medicine. And we're already seeing in my neck of the woods, patients go, look, my pharmacy won't fill the prescription. And a doctor won't give me the prescription, even if I do yeah. get it. I can't find a place to fill it. I'm in pain. So what's going to happen is we're going to have this huge marijuana epidemic. And marijuana doesn't help everybody with pain. So we'll probably see more alcohol. We'll see more suicide. This is going to be a mess. <sighs> but what about the good news? <laughs> I mean, you know, Sorry, uh, the, the good the good news is education. I mean, what's going to come out of this is people are going to realize, look, you take one narcotic, that's enough to get you addicted. Uh, it's just one is enough to, you know, give you the itch and, um, you know, drink the Kool-Aid and you're going to be, you're, you know, and, and so maybe we'll get some more education out there. Maybe laws in terms of people selling them. I heard a high school student just got arrested for selling Xanax and Adderall to other students. So it sounds like law enforcement is, I mean, they're, they're looking at schools, they're looking at middle schools and high schools. And, you know, it, it, so, so the good with this is, you know, we may start to diminish the crime. The bad news is pharmaceutical companies that are getting sued for this opioid crisis, even Teva Pharmaceuticals is, is um, going to be included in this lawsuit. Teva Pharmaceuticals is one of the biggest generic manufacturers. Um, we start to sue pharmaceutical companies. What companies are going to be very eager to help us come up with pain medications you know, in the future, you know, when we need something that, you know, beats the worst of worst pain, which company is going to, you know, come to the front lines and say, look, yeah, we'll make it. We'll take the financial risk. Why would they do it if they're going to turn around and get sued years later? So we're de-incentivizing pharmaceutical companies to do research. 
and to come up with medicines that can help people with their pain. And pain will never go away. Pain will pervade the human race as long as we exist because it's a defense mechanism. And it's something that we need. We need pain so we don't hurt ourselves again. Unfortunately, some of us have intractable, uncontrollable pain, and it has to be treated. We can't scare doctors. We can't scare pharmaceutical companies into prescribing less. To fight the opioid epidemic, we need to really educate and we need to stop misuse of this medication. Mm. I got it. Doc, this is so much to unpack and so much to take in here. I, I'm going to tell you a personal story about my wife who had uh, some dental stuff done not too long ago, and she had uh, had to have a tooth extracted. She had one that broke on her, and then she had they had to go in there and take this thing out, and they had a hard time getting into it and, and getting a hold of it. Um, Ended up, it kind of got infected after they did this. She had to have the oral, surgeon, the oral surgery, you know, and so... She had some real pain, and this woman, my, I'm a, I'm a little bit of, you know, I'm a wimp, right? Like I, I, the the littlest thing can it just knocks me out, you know, man flu and all that. She just <laughs> takes a lick and keeps on ticking. You know how it is. She just gets it done, and her pain uh, threshold is much higher. But she had some nights where she's not sleeping. She can't sleep because the pain is so bad and all this and. They literally would not give her anything. I think they gave her a couple of pills here and there, but they, then the next time she had the same sort of thing taken care of because they had to go in and do another procedure uh, to, to fix this tooth around. You know, I think it was when she was from when she was younger, she had these these teeth in there. So they had to get them mm-hmm. pulled out and whatever. So. Yeah. Wisdom teeth, whatever. Anyway, she's back in there. They give her like, I'm not kidding you. Guess how many they give her? I mean, they did give her like Vicodin or something like that, but guess how many they give her? How many? It was some random number of like six pills or something crazy. I said six. You're supposed to take, it says here, take two or or three or whatever it was, and then every couple of few hours or whatever. I said, you're going to be out by tomorrow. What do you mean? They gave you six. At night. Yeah, exactly. What did she do? So, thankfully, she actually ended up being better off at time, didn't need him. But I I, I didn't know what to do because here you are in a situation where, yes, I understand people are addicted. Yes, there's we're seeing massive uh, issues because of this. This article, opioids now kill more than more people than breast cancer. (laughs) This stuff, though, is really painkillers that people are abusing. This isn't, you know. I'm gonna go out and 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 I had surgery, so now I need something for my. I mean, you, it takes a long time to get to this point, right? Most most of the time. So the average person that needs something, what are we just supposed to walk around in pain? I don't get it. The people that need it aren't going to be able to get it. I know it. I know it. You know, and they, they're complaining that surgeons and doctors give too many when somebody has a. Um, has a has an issue and, and what they're blaming is well you know doctors are lazy and they don't want patients to call them for pain medicine because you really can't call the pain medicine then you usually have to write it so they give enough so the patient doesn't have to call them or bother them well i you know it the thing is is when somebody's in pain i've had surgery and most of the time i don't need the pain medicine but i am so grateful to have it because psychologically knowing you have pain medicine 
sometimes helps you not be in pain, knowing you have something in your cupboard or in your cabinet. And so there's a lot of psychology involved with this. And yes, we should take time with the patients. We should not overwrite medications. But the way we're, we're being reactive and we're not being proactive. And so doctors are like, here, just take six so I can't get sued and I can't lose my license. Or, right. and, and, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has different pain thresholds. Everybody has different you know, issues. And also, we need more medical providers. You know, if, if somebody, you know, receives six pain pills, then make sure they have a follow-up appointment the next day or the day after available. But if there's no medical providers available, patients are like, give me more pain medicine because I'm going to run out. Then that anxiety spurns more of a need for narcotics. And then some people will take them just to be on the safe side. Well, I'm not going to be able to see my doctor for a week, so I better just take them now so I don't have pain. And it's a panic. And the more you panic, the more you fuel an epidemic. What you're saying, doctor, is that most of this comes back to what we have now. We have today this sort of this um, conveyor belt, this this factory line of doctors not spending a lot of time with their patients because of Obamacare and, and the health care costs. Oh, big is time. That, there, is, was a, there was a study that came out saying a lot of kids are being referred, more and more kids are being referred out because those are on the hospitals and staff that could take care of children illnesses. Well, pediatricians are the worst paid primary care doctors. And it's no wonder that you don't have enough facilities that could treat our children. Yeah, it's a mess. And, you know, let, thank God for you and the Blaze for covering this stuff. So at the end of the day, uh, it's just like any other economic situation. If pediatricians are the least compensated, the worst compensated, the worst paid. Nobody wants to. Why would you want to spend all that time, you know, yeah. going to work and and in school and trying to 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 to, to learn everything that you got to learn and, and 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 going into God knows how much debt these kids have to go into now to get these degrees to come out and right. and just get your get your yourself busted on the way all the way out the door. Exactly. You know, and it's going to be a lot easier for medical providers to say, you know what, keep me out of the opioid thing. I'll just write antibiotics and go somewhere else. You know, one thing we noticed in my neck of the woods is um, a lot of the pain management doctors. So most of us primary care doctors will refer out to pain management. And because, again, if we don't feel, you know, um, adequate in terms of treating somebody's chronic neuropathy or spinal stenosis. Well, many pain management doctors were already getting the squeeze on the opioid epidemic. So many of the pain management doctors said, no, we're just doing procedures. Go back to your regular doctor for the prescriptions. So when you have pain management doctors not wanting to do the prescriptions and you have primary care doctors not wanting to do the prescriptions, we're going to have a slew of people who are um, starting to panic and they'll probably have to go black market. And once you go illegal you're going to very easily be able to go to heroin. And, and because you know, when it comes to pain, nobody does heroin because they want to be a bad person. They are either in pain or they fear the withdrawal. And fearing withdrawal, when you go through narcotic withdrawal, you shouldn't die, but you want to die. Suicide goes up. You get dehydrated. You have diarrhea. You have the shakes. You have pain. You have tremors. You have these goosebumps. You, you're, you're writhing in your skin when you go through narcotic withdrawal. It is horrible. I, this is a really sobering conversation. I wish we had more good news, but you don't see uh, uh, a lot of positivity on the horizon. I don't. 
I don't because you're, we're not going to get rid of pain. And we, this, this law that's passing or this law that is instituted as of January 1 in Nevada, I mean, we're going to see doctors even leave Nevada. They, I, and, and it's, I, you know, it's, and, um, you know, everything seems to happen domino effect and it's all very political and everybody has to look like they're doing something. Now, and mind you, 64,000 people dying from opioid overdose deaths is horrifying. We do need to do something. But, you you know, there we need more mental health professionals. We need more addiction centers. We don't need to go after the doctors. And we don't need to go after the pharmaceutical companies. People blame them for advertising. But, I mean, they you know, uh, narcotics are addictive. We know narcotics are addictive. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, they're not, you know, like big tobacco saying, oh, yeah, these are healthy for you. Uh, so I'm, I don't know what the answer is. Dr. Dahlia, at least you're honest about it. Dr. Dahlia Wax and uh, Dr. Dahlia Duck. I appreciate you for giving us like the, uh, yeah, the candid uh, straight talk on this stuff. Is there anything, you know, I'm looking at, in the meantime, while while you and I are talking about this, I'm reminded of a report I saw today about the FDA cracking down on like homeopathic uh, um, alternatives and things like that is there is there anything that's alternative you know a healthier way of dealing with pain management excellent question oh my god excellent so i'm a big fan of chiropractic i'm a big fan of osteopathic manipulative medicine i'm Mm. a big fan of massage ice when you hurt make sure you have a barrier between your skin and some ice but ice it ice is an amazing an amazing analgesic anti-inflammatories are excellent but you got to be careful with your liver and with your heart and with your kidneys but if you're if you know if you could take a motrin at surgery i had a biopsy and they gave me both percocet and motrin motrin handled the pain way better than the percocet you know but we can't have people chronically on NSAIDs and anti-inflammatories because those could hurt the kidneys but, you know, do more modalities where people are touching you, like physical therapy, massage, chiropractic, osteopathic, mm-hmm. manipulative medicine. Acupuncture is amazing. Even hypnotherapy helps some. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are natural things that people could do, and don't jump to a pill when you don't have to. Yeah, I'm always, I, I am really, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm, I'm apprehensive, you know, in order to go straight to those pills i'm really i kind of i i don't like to take something unless i have to you know what i mean um so i get that i understand that i'm i always look for some sort of alternative if i can and then i go to the you know if i have to i'll go to it but boy oh boy uh last but not least i have to ask you about this man doc that's from a doctor's perspective here this is from uh, a man with the world's largest. I won't even. I don't even to see it to say it. You know what I'm talking about. Heads up, yeah. just to give you a heads up. If you get the kids listening, you want to know. You might. You might. You might not want them to hear. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Let the kids hear the opioid stuff, but uh, <laughs> you may, may want to turn this. A man with world's largest <clears throat> is now registered disabled because his 18-inch member is so big. But he refuses to get a reduction. I didn't even know that they could do that. It's 18.9 inches. It's believed to be the world's largest. His name is Roberto Cabrera from Saltillo, Mexico. 
And the man is on it. By the way, he's disabled and survives on government assistance and food banks. Yeah, I I can't even imagine this. Yeah, I I, it is disabling. It is disabling. And I, you know, I'm not a man. I could understand not wanting to be operated on. Um, but, you know, does he need, need to be on the government's dime? From what I understand, he was offered a job in uh, the porn industry. He has been offered work. Um, it, it, my thing is, is this does need to be operated on because I think there's an increased risk of cancer. I think he has an increased risk of infection and, um, you know, urinary and kidney issues with this. They're not going into that much detail about that. Um, and, you know, you see him standing there posing and, and, you know, people make a joke about it, but it is debilitating. Um, it just, um, you know, do we need to support him for the rest of his life? Uh, I would rather put that money into some sort of corrective procedure. That's just me. Dr. Dahlia, she's familiar with the topic. She knew where we were going and handled it uh, professionally. Thank you, Doc. For I can't believe I'm you back. knew exactly what we were talking about here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, thank you, Doc. I appreciate you thank as always. You. Merry Christmas. Take care. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. You got We got to end it on a light note because that was pretty. It was pretty dark. It is the darkest day of the year, and as uh, as you know, I had to mention this earlier. It's the worst day of 2017, according to astrology. Quick break. We're back. Hopefully, some good news to wrap this thing up. It's the blaze. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. On the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> you guys are going to be so happy when I'm done, aren't you? I mean... <laughs> I got to give Ron a hard time every now and then. Taking care of business. Yeah, I, I appreciate you, man. You're making it happen. Bloody nose attack is being prepared on North Korea right now by the United States. Will we attack North Korea? That is uh, one of the headlines on Drudge. Ah, I thought I was going to leave with something good. I was going to leave with something upbeat and positive. <sighs> let, me, let me keep trying. The U.S. is preparing plans to deliver a bloody nose attack against North Korea to knock out its nuclear weapons program. I did see the story about how they're preparing some sort of a, a, a sneak attack with commandos that are going to go in and disable or destroy or something, a launch site. I don't think that we're going to telegraph that, though. Previous administrations probably would have. I don't believe that's in this administration's particular plans. Peace on Earth, not during New York suburbs Christmas light wars. Oh, this was supposed to be positive, but it's not quite there. Hang on. U.S. homeowners festooning their front lawns with thousands of twinkling lights, massive inflated Santas, candy canes, and reindeer to spark smiles or instead igniting ornament wars. 
enraging neighbors over traffic pollution and safety concerns. It's like the Griswolds. Over-the-top Christmas displays have turned normally quiet neighborhoods in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut into tourist destinations and pitted neighbor against neighbor in a battle of privacy versus holiday cheer amid the bedazzled homes in the Diker uh, Heights section of New York's Brooklyn Borough. December crowds from as far away as Japan are expected to top last year's 100,000 gawkers, said Fran Vella Maroney, president of Diker Heights Civic Association, Tour buses. Oh, Lord. Jesus, take the wheel. Tour buses arrive nightly from Maryland and elsewhere during peak season from December 15th to January. For Now, listen, I'm not a Grinch. I have the Christmas spirit. I don't know if my neighbor were Clark Griswold and we had tour buses stopping by that I can handle that. That might be an issue. This woman says, and God bless her, she says, this is a residential neighborhood, not Times Square. <laughs> Eye-popping photographs posted on social media have lured multitudes, twisting the once charming local holiday event into an out-of-control block party, said Josephine Beckman, district manager of the local community board. The street becomes completely filled with pedestrians. She said last year in an ambulance had trouble accessing the street. Neighbors blamed hot chocolate and popcorn vendors for blocking driveway. They have hot chocolate and popcorn vendors. Oh, man. All right. So, uh, look, the the older I get, I feel like the couple living next to the Griswolds, my wife and I, I feel like I'm those old yuppie kind of. That's what I feel like. I'm not. I got to say, I still got the Christmas spirit. I'm. But, man, I don't know if I could live next to that house. The good news I'm going to leave you on. This is up on the Drudge right now, the Drudge Report. I'll go ahead and link to it on my Twitter. But the year one list, no matter what your grade was, check this out. 81 major Trump achievements, 11 Obama legacy items repealed. This comes from the Washington Examiner. It's up on Drudge right now. So there you go. There's a lot of good ones in here. Jobs, the economy, regulations killed, fair trade, a lot of good stuff on here. That's it. We'll cut into more of this tomorrow. Back then, we'll see you in for Pat Gray Unleashed. I'm Barkley. Have a great day. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.